Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Awakenings with Michelle Mache, the weekly dose of spiritual and metaphysical insights and information for navigating the soul path. Listeners are invited to call into the show for a reading or with questions and comments. Call 347-539-5122 and press 1 on the keypad. Also, join the Sacred Space of Empowerment live chat. To create a username, register with Blog Talk Radio. It's great to connect with all of you here. All right, my wonderful sound engineers in the chat, do you hear me? Because otherwise it's a BTR thing. Hear you now. Thank you, Tamara, in the chat. Okay, well, and I got it. We got it. We got to shift this energy. Okay, right here, right now, because (laughs) I was just saying earlier because I've been going. Oh my God, so deep within. Some of you have been seeing. I've been writing about it. Um. And I, I was saying, oh, I just want more to happen. I'm kind of bored right now. So, yeah, we have to um, qualify that spirit that, no, we don't want these kinds of things happening. <laughs> we don't, because this definitely gets you out of boredom when you're, you know, behind the scenes trying to make the uh, the tech technology work, right? So, yeah, let's re, let's uh, reframe that now, that uh, not not these kinds of things. <laughs> Other things, big picture. Yeah, shift the energies. Hey, Crystal Bowles, Gretna in the chat. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, everyone listening by phone. I will be getting to your calls. Woo, do you feel this new moon energy? Uh, By the way, I did do a a new pick a card on uh, YouTube, and I do listen to requests. I had one for specifically some people were asking for relationships, soulmate, twin soul, twin flame. Uh, There's a little bit of career business in some of them because it just came up. I can't censor. I don't censor. Um, But really basically about relationship, romantic relationship, and then some of them, there's three soul stories, three soul groups. Actually, same soul group we're all under, but um, the soul stories. So, yeah. So, um also, if you feel inclined to send me your experiences of awakenings, I'm doing some work with some producers for another uh, TV show. Wait, let's see what happens. And they're just wanting to, they've looked at the reviews, but they're also wanting to know some personal experiences or how you've integrated it or if you've worked with me. So if you feel called to do that, 
You can email awakeningspodcast at gmail.com. And also that's the email for guest suggestions, topic suggestions, etc. And some people say, why do you always say that the beginning of the program? Or th-? Because people forget and we have new listeners all the time. Uh, let's see, Crystal Bowles, Gretton in the chat. I was feeling the last couple of days like a semi-truck ran over me more than once. Yeah, the energies have been quite, quite, quite intense. This has not been uh, easy transit or transits. Um, but what I can share with you all is that we are at some major turning points, which happen every so often. Um, but really get clear on your choices and really clear out what's not working to what is and what's really supporting or life-enhancing to what is not. And it's again, it's not so much the energy will wind things out or X things out, but it's really about you becoming clearer. And a lot of you, what I, my meditation with the guides, were saying that a lot of times we're blocked um, so we don't rush in and manifest from the old energy, okay, from what is already developed well within the psyche um, on the earth slash human plane, right? But we're all to be connecting more on a soul level and experiencing and expressing more from the soul. So some of the manifestations are being blocked. There's a lot of delays or slowing down. In fact, my guides were laughing because I had the thing. And by the way, I've left it with my car. I'm calling it thirty mile, no more than 30 miles per hour. Uh, and it's a relatively new car. I think it only have forty thousand miles, thirty or thirty or forty thousand miles on it. Um, but I can't go fast. And I said, no, I'm going to leave it like this for the now until I'm out of this cycle. So I'm in the meditation with my guides, and they're like laughing, and they were saying, boy, we had to put a lot because I'm a manifest. I make things happen. Something dips. I get in there. I like to manifest and create, draw it in. You know, I'm a bit of a Curandera, sorcerer, magician, bruja, however you want to put it, my shamanic energy, and I couldn't work it. Can't work my magic, you know. Can't work the will. It's being blocked, you know. The little will is being blocked, blocked, blocked. And it was really frustrating. You know, I know a lot of you have been feeling it too, you know, frustrating to really ticking me off, you know, sad, angry, up and down. And it's it's not completely, I'm not out of the woods yet because I'm these transits are still uh, Saturn Pluto working on me, but I did get a chuckle uh, out of the guidance saying, "Boy, we had to work a, really hard." And so then I went to meditation. I did a contemplation meditation, and looking at all these areas where I was blocked or it was slowed down or there were delays, I had to have patience. And one of my great friends, Vicky, was saying, instead of just having faith, but really living by that faith. And I went, oh, I see. see." And it's what I said. It's what I predicted. It's what I forecasted a year, year and a half ago about 2011, how we would be blocked. The guides told me. I don't know. I just always think it's going to happen differently. They said people will be tested. You'll be blocked. Things will be slowed down, delayed, and you'll be blocked from manifesting certain things so you don't manifest in a way that's not soul aligned or brings you down a detour or a dead end or gives you, brings you more work, you know, that you don't need to do. And I can say, yes, it, it really happened. <laughs> it really happened. 
Uh, all right, you guys, I am doing readings by phone. That number is 347-539-5122. Please press 1 on the keypad. Um, also, if you have been um, resonating with my videos on YouTube, um, you can go under Michelle Mache or Light Being 21. Please subscribe and um, I guess hit the notifications, etc. I'm really enjoying doing those, i got to tell you. I've got... Uh, Sometimes I'll do the reading ahead of time, like from the guides, and then later I'll bring the tarot into it and do the pick a card or um, whatever type of reading I'm um, doing. But the guides will say, focus on this, work on this, or bring this message through. So I've got some really amazing um, stuff that is going to be coming back, and um, some of it will be inside. I know some of it was windy. I couldn't help it. I want wanted people to see a little bit about how you know my how do I cope, <laughs> right? Okay. Uh, call in number again three four seven five three nine five one two two. Press one on the keypad. I want to get to a couple of email questions because um, they're actually really quite relevant and pertinent. And uh, then we'll get to the readings. Get to the callers. Uh, please press 1 on the keypad, uh, and then we have our Awakenings guest today. Uh, we have our Awakening Dialogue. We'll be with Bernie Taylor, really looking forward to connecting with him. And we're going to be talking about archetypal symbols, which it's interesting. I'm diving back into that in my Jungian training right now. And, of course, we had um, Elizabeth Dumont talking about the um, hero's journey what she wove in her book, The Lioness and the Crab. So what a synchronicity. Um, then I'm working on a book writing, um, which, by the way, if you, I do need some uh, feedback. Uh, those of you who have been working with me also are listening to the show in regards to what's going to be going in my book. So, yeah, Bernie Taylor will be here, author of Before Orion, Finding the Face of the Hero. So really, really timely uh, with that as well. So we'll get guided and, the, and we get guided to the guests and the guests get guided to us. Uh, let me see. So what do we want to address first? We've got a great question by um, Jay. Oh, gosh. This, I need to do a whole show on this, James. Both of the questions. Let's see. We've got one by Jill also. Uh, okay. Someone was looking on my, my uh, website for connecting to the core wounding. And... I would say to anybody, start with five-step emotional clearing process and projection perception. Um, I do do the core wounding, you know, getting to the core uh, wounding, liberate your life, releasing the core wounding and core belief. Um, I have that workshop and also high vibes, the tele-workshop. I would say people that, because she's talking about someone being in the... um, what do you call it, victim stance, very hard to do on your own. And we've all been there. If you've had any abuse or healing, you know, we've all done our stay there. Some people it's more within the fabric of their soul as to how much they can heal, especially if they're borderline or narcissistic personality disorder, which I dated a borderline before. And he did do counseling. He did thought watching. He did certain things. But they can only go so far. You know, and I guess medication can help or certain, you know, structural things or staying within a tight uh, therapeutic regime. 
But sometimes, you know, again, the wounding that we experience or live out on this dimension isn't the totality of who we are. It's what we're living out on this dimension. So whatever that's worth. In the, in the oneness, it's a whole different story. But what I would suggest if people, as she's saying this person is stuck in the victim mentality, the issue is, is if you say do affirmations or have them listen to something, it doesn't yet seep in. What they really need to do is work one-on-one with somebody, and depending on what type of wounding, maybe also in a group process so that independent of well-intentioned people pointing things out to them, they begin to hear or see their reflection in other people. Like, oh, they went through that and they got over it, or they went through that just like I did, or they went through that and that's worse than what I went through, or they went through that and that's not as bad as I went through. They, they start to be able to not only individuate, but become less uh, non-life in, in a non-life-enhancing way self-focused. Okay, because when you're in the victim mentality, you're very, um, well, you either go too far in being self-directed that you're so focused on self or other-directed, as in codependency, to try to numb the pain. You know, the self-directed is like just take, 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 take too much, take, you know, just the consuming, take it in, take it in, give me that energy, give me that, give me, you know, give me likes, give me this, give me food, give me things, you know, give me attention, give me love, give me you know, don't leave me. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. They're not really giving back. So that's one way to numb the pain. Then being too other-directed, let me take care of you. Let me do this. Or I can do it on my own. Let me help you. Let me, you know. So that's a way that to not focus on the pain of what the self has, the little self has endured. So if you or someone in your life and they're open to it, just beginning with projection perception, and that is in my Soul Path tools on soulplayground.life, or you can also find it in the blog post if you go under projection perception. And, and in a gentle way to start looking at how have I experienced this before, when and where, where what's happening now, is that how, where is the origin in the past? You know, so to that and then of course the five step emotional clearing process starting with the basic one that's on my soul path tools you can copy and paste um i would say my cd's you know five step emotional clearing process cd transforming fear into creativity and once they've done enough of those then getting into the universal you know laws so my cd my cd's and my tools that I've created or developed are based on healing, you know, reaffirming, confidence building, but reaffirming the individual on, a, on, you know, on all levels, but connecting them to their soul self, to their higher self. Um, so that empowerment, but, and then healing those core wounds, but it does take consistent work and time. You can't just hear a podcast and have the, you know, you can have a little light bulb go off, but if you're really, in that victim mentality, it's very, until you do enough healing and really be heard enough and, and then have those little breadcrumbs that lead you back and then you get stronger and stronger and more empowered, at the same time still understanding the, 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 the wounding and honoring that, listening to that. It, it's a, you know, it's a, there's a whole process 
you know, there has to be enough rapport building because people need to be heard. Part of the reason people stay stuck in the victim mentality is they've never really, really been heard and seen by others and then most importantly by themselves. So you have to find a way to heal that part enough to then, you know, because people don't want to let go of it. See, that's the other thing. And then you have to bring up the other part, the healer, the wise one. You know, there's different parts called parts processing that I do, psychosynthesis. So it's, it's different parts of the psyche. But it's circular. It's a spiral. You don't just do A and then B. Sometimes you do a little A, a little C, a little B, you know. So, but that's what I would suggest is to start there. You know, if you if people have been saying, "Oh, you're a victim, you're a victim," part, usually the person that's being the victim doesn't see that though. But if they're open, you know, and what are the best things that I could suggest? By the way, um, is to listen to hypnotherapy CDs or recordings or MP3s or downloads, whatever you want to call it. Um. Even if, let's say, you're stuck in the victim mentality or people keep saying, oh, you're such a victim or stuck in the victim mentality, don't let go of the victim. Hold on to that. Yes, you've been wrong. You've been hurt. You're wounded. Okay. And just say, okay, I am, people are misunderstanding me. However, I'm just going to, for a week or two, I'm just going to fall asleep to this CD, you know, or this recording or MP3, this down. I'm just going to listen to this. You can get mine, you know, on iTunes, also on my website. There's some on YouTube. I'm just going to listen to this mu- this subliminal suggestion. I'm just going to listen to this uh, thing of, of empowerment and just fall asleep to it. Or I'm going to have it in the back of the car. I'm going to have it in the house while I'm writing or doing other stuff. I'm just going to just going to li- casually listen to it. Because what you need to do is to engage, you know, you need to dig deep and engage through the subconscious um, Tamara is saying, true, the victim thing does need to be acknowledged, and sometimes people are attached to their story. Yeah, and that's, that's one of the things I'm writing about in my book, how we're not, we're not our story. We live our story. Believe me, I've had some things, you know, nearly killed. I've had some things happen to me. Amazing, light, lovely, wonderful thing, but some really tragic, dark, uh, you know, whatever, uh, wounding things. But People say, why you don't look like that happened to you or you don't wear it? Because of my spiritual connection. Always connected to God growing up, my higher self. I always had a different reality. And see, our story, that's why on my YouTube videos I call them soul story. Yeah, we're living out a story. Sometimes it changes a little, sometimes a lot. Sometimes it, we completely edit it. We definitely can edit it and rewrite it within our circumstances, right, within how, what we're born into because that's the story the soul is taking. But that's the microcosm. The macrocosm is how much we're so much more. And the soul likes these stories, you know. The soul likes, oh, gosh, you had to downsize. Oh, now you have to build up. The soul is going, ooh, ha that's fun. Oh, nothing, nothing. Oh, my God. Can't pay your bills. Oh, now you got to create something new. The soul is that thinking that's pretty fun, you know, because it's creative. We on the human level go, oh, God, oh, God, it's uncomfortable. You know, there could be shame and blame, attachment, discomfort. But, Tamara, you're so right. We're not our story we're living and expressing through a story uh, as a role and that can definitely be changed 
within that's why it's very important to work with someone whether it's me or someone else or whatever however you do it maybe you just tune in naturally is to find out what your soul purpose is what your soul thing is thing is what your soul thing is right um because then you're going to see how to work things, how to how to be the little will to the the divine will or the cosmic will or the spiritual will. You're going to see, you know, how do I align to the Tao, to the flow of what is, what is about me, what is about my life, and what is about what's going on in the world. You know, the 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 the, the community, the city, the state, the nation, the globe. You're going to align, and that's what we're meant to do within those circumstances. So very, very uh, powerful. Denise put, oh, the addiction to comfort. I'm noticing, yeah, I'm there. We like, we like our comfort, and we get that. But you may be go, able to go back to things that made you comfortable. Some it will never fit again. Some things you can go back in a new way. But when we stay too comfortable, and I don't mean content, but then, of course, we're content, and then there's divine disconnect. <laughs> you know, what can I say? On the earth plane, we're living and learning through contrast. There is a, a polarity plane. What do you want to call it? Duality. Even though there's that unity or oneness, we're living out the winter season and the summer season and the spring and the fall. We're living out the tree has lots of green leaves, and then the tree has no leaves or very little leaves. We're living out, there's a desert and there's a jungle. There's a tropical forest. We're living out, there's snow, and we're living out, there's the Sahara Desert. So that's, again, the soul kind of likes that. So anyway, I hope that helps um, with, you know, I, I think the thing with the victim mentality, if you're coming from a friend or family member, is not to try to, I know it's, frustrating as heck um i'm great with it with clients i am i am i have helped so i'm excellent stupendous with people that are close to me (laughs) not so much um i'm not bad but i'm better but uh, because we want to change the person. In, in session i there's a protocol there you know there's guidelines you know it's a whole different thing um, but I would say if you're the friend, the family member, the spouse or significant other, whatever, uh, you got to do it indirectly. And one thing you can do is limit the time, which is very healthy. If you're going to, if you, cause, and ask yourself, why are you so invested? You're being the fixer. So when I work with people, whether it's a workshop or, in per, you know, as my clients, uh, they're signing up for this. They're kind of saying, even if they say I'm not a victim, and they are, they're, they're signing up for this. But the people that you live with or your significant others, they didn't sign up for you're going to help me. Very often it's our lesson to, to you know, <laughs> universal law of allowance, to not tell people what to do. But what you do need to do is set good boundaries of how long you'll talk about their stuff. And, and that is an excellent thing to help people get out of that I've done that with friends. I've done that with family members. Like we've been talking about this enough and really empathize and be there. And then the next thing is, okay, you know, you change the subject or you talk about yourself. Um, and usually victim people try to get around people that are listening to them a lot and they're, they're not letting you talk. So then you have to ask yourself, why am I in servitude? You're not being in service. 
you're being in servitude, like a slave, to just have that connection. So I've been there. So, you know, the fix it hours of, on the phone. And my, one of my therapists years ago used to say, just tell the, put the tea kettle on. And when the, oh, I've got to go get that or I'm cooking. Because you want to do a pattern interrupt. Or I understand how you're feeling. And really listen, be very present, put it back to them. I'm sure you'll handle it or I see your empowerment and then change the subject or get off the phone or leave or get out of the area, you know. Hand it back to them. That's the biggest thing is the enablers, just like with the borderline, the social, all of them, the borderline, the narcissist. Look at what's happening in our political scheme. They, they, they get enablers. They don't get magical helpers. In their, they get enablers that, you know, it's in, they're invested to keep them small to live small. So that's what I would suggest also. Take a look at that for yourself where you're at Anyway, I hope some of these tools uh, work for you. Real quick, because we all love James. Hola, James, <laughs> from Australia. When they're mature and in balance, how are the male and female power de- how demonstrated or experienced? Also, to have a sense of value and worth, what does your internal self-talk look like and sound like? Depends on a good day or a bad day. <laughs> Everyone, I don't care how awake, aware, or enlightened is going to have some negative self-talk or something come in. It's really do you catch it and do you let it loop? Looping is lower consciousness. Looking at it, processing, and moving on like um, you got to do something. Or Michelle, push, get out there. What are you doing? You're not doing enough. You haven't done it, you know, or you let that go by. Okay, I get it. But we're in a time of faith and you know, patience right now. Or um, you wasted so much time or you, whatever it is. Those, because some of the self-talk is not you. It's the talk that's around you, the people, the, the people in your environment, the TV, the radio, the Internet, the collective, because we're all interconnected. It's floating everywhere. So it's by resonance. So a lot of times when we have a dip in energy, especially if we've been too tired, we haven't had enough alone time or on our own time, we haven't eaten enough or drank enough, enough water. You know, if we're not enough sleep, if we're a bit down, we're more open and reactive to these random thoughts that come in. I like to chant. The other day I did a long drive somewhere uh, to visit some family members, and I didn't even listen. To it. I chanted. My friends like, "Oh, did you listen to this, this and that on the radio?" And I said, "No, actually, I chanted the whole way. I sang a little bit, and then I chanted, Om Namah Shivaya and Kale Durga, um, and Om Namah Bhagavate." So, yeah, you know, you find the way. It's the looping, though, and and eventually it gets less. It gets less to nothing. I find with my high vibes, we did two. We did like two months the first time and then three months and after the first month I didn't have any the circular thinking and I ha- it has not come back so it's definitely possible to shift in awareness and consciousness to not have that come through and if you're working with that again mantra meditation breath work but mantra is amazing and just catching it or do my high vibes when I bring it back in January uh, male, mature male and female. I would say balanced male and female. The yin, you know, the yin and the the yang, um, demonstrated or experienced. 
you know, I'm going to have to do a whole show on this, James, but it's diff- It's going to be, because it's not like 50-50. Everybody has a different blending, whether male or female, or whether in a masculine, you know, male or female body, a guy or a girl, is going to have a different blending or shading of their male and female energies, which is also the electromagnetic, right? So in a balanced way, you would not have to be too electrical or too magnetic. You wouldn't be too passive and you wouldn't be too assertive or aggressive. You would be in alignment again, going back to the Tao. You know, study Taoism. You know, we had um, Carol K. Anthony on, A Guide to the I Ching. I really love that uh, translation of the I Ching. Also, uh, the Book of Changes and the Unchanging Truth uh, by Hu, the Wao Ching Ni, H-U-A-C-H-I-N-G Ni, actually where I get my acupuncture also. Um, it's a pretty amazing one. There's one that's kind of a little, another good one, let's see. You know, anything that aligns you, you know, the Kabbalah does that, numerology, but anything that aligns you to your individual as well as collective cycles. Uh, the I Ching Workbook by R.L. Wing is another goodie. Let's see, also has a, yeah. You know, any using tools, tools of divination, use, you know, the tarot, anything that's going to align you to where are you at, what's your question, and what energy are you moving through, what do you need to integrate, what's blocking or stop, whatever brings that awareness is going to balance the male and female because a balanced male and female is the holy grail. That is the grail energy. That is unity, the unification. When we're not overly electrical or overly masculine, which is to separate the separation or separating out or extending out, but but also not being overly magnetic, right, Or, or, or overly embracing. And the Aquarian age is bringing a lot of that in where it's about... Again, that Leo-Aquarius axis, um, it's about the self. You know, Leo is very electrical. Um, so is Aquarius. But they got a good balance. Both of them have a good balance of the electrical magnetic. But it is about the sense of self, the, the soul, the sun. You know, the sun represents the soul. Extending out the rays of light, expressing and experiencing life, but done in a way that's not damaging to the whole, the collective, that that honors that, but also celebrates individuals. So it's not about self-sacrifice, but it's also not about the only me, the wounding, the narcissistic wounding. You know, we have a lot of narcissistic wounding. You know, in narcissism, you know, the narcissist aspect of us, a small tingy of it is good. You know, to look in the mirror, to wonder about me. Oh, look how I look, or I look how I look... Who who am I, you know, uh, or my what I do is important, but it's the wounding of around two or three. So people that are wounded or very early, uh, or deeply, uh, a type of wounding, and their soul maybe is not as robust. Some people call it old, not an old soul. Uh, they stay stuck there, where it has to be all about me, and it's all about the other giving to me, give me, give me, give me. It's all about me. Um, and then some people at that time, you know, they they learn to give to the other, not give to themselves. So I think when we talk about balance, male and female, we we can bring it to a broader level of electrical, magnetic, 
um, masculine, feminine, the divine masculine, divine feminine. We can bring it into that energetic realm. And how does the masculine and feminine manifest? You know, am I too reaching out? Am I too pulling within? You know, am I too blaming others, or blaming, or am I, you know, too? It's all, it's, it's my, bl- you know, what? It, it, again, going into that, and maybe Bernie Taylor, because he works in these realms, dances in these realms, may even bring some uh, insight. Let's see. Uh, anybody got any? Crystal Bowles Gretna saying my tarot and my pendulum are my favorites. Ah, okay. Divine Mystic saying the looping can drive you crazy. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. Yes, 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 exactly. That's the one time you don't want to loop. Looping music is great. Looping low vibrational, non-life enhancing to negative thoughts are not great. And think about that. Oh, by the way, masculine, feminine, the, the masculine is the positive, right? It's the electrical, it's the charge. And the feminine is the magnetic, is the void, is the womb, is the drawing in. So we've got to get comfortable with the negative, the negrita, the, the, vo- the voidless, the timeless, or the void, the timeless, uh, the womb, whether within ourselves, our own womb of birthing ourselves. Men have a womb too. They have an energetic womb, Um and what are we birthing as a you know as a collective? And what, you know what's our goal? Do we have a safe womb? I think when men get the idea, the understanding that they have a womb too, and they birth, I think things are going to be changing a lot. They're not just conquering. You know, it's the the inner womb. They're not just seeding. A lot of times, men think, oh, you know, we seed, you know, ejaculate. There goes my spermy into the. Yeah, that's very basic. You don't just uh, we women we seed too. We have our own sperm. Okay, it has a different way, but energetically, there both there is a cosmological. There's a there's the womb of the 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 earth. You know, Mother Earth. There's the universal or cosmological womb. It's a safe container on which to grow from, in which to that needs the the nurturing. Everything is there. So, of course, men have to have that etherically, right? So your women, you spread your seed too. See, you know, mustard seed. We spread our seed. We do it differently. So I think we get too hung up on the anatomical or the um, the outer, like oh, the guy doesn't have the womb and the and the woman doesn't have the phallic, so she's not out there and she's not seeding. Oh no, women seed a lot, but we do we do it differently. So let's look at it etherically. So I like to bring things to the human, the physical. Yeah. But then let's bring it out so we're not stuck on the form, right? Uh, Crystal Bowles Gretna is saying, is it an energetic seed? We imagine and bring to crea- creation. Yeah, but you, we, women seed things by the nur- – we know where to nurture or tend. That's planting a seed. We might plant a seed by thought, by speaking something, saying something, by showing up somewhere, doing it perhaps you know again more action it's it's but it's still metaphorical because guys don't sow their seed everywhere you know uh on the anatomical or physiological level so again the seeding again it's just like the soulmate within you know we have an inner mother an inner an inner an inner mother and an inner father within but we have an inner male and an inner female within 
Some people think, oh, I'm a female in a female body, so I have an inner man within. No. You have, you have an inner man and an inner woman within. You come from wholeness. Okay? So my, we all are a combination of our inner feminine and inner masculine. We're a combo. It's not one is inside and one is outside. So that's the same thing. You've got to find, and if you think about it anatomically, women, we do have a little phallic that may not be as big or whatever. You know what I'm saying, but it is there, okay? So we got to kind of go back to we have the same things but differently, pronounced differently. It's expressed in form a bit differently, but yet it is, it is present in both. It is there. And then nurturing is energy also. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, let's get to callers because then we got our guests coming on. Hello, welcome to Awakenings. You're on air. Hello, hello, 860-810. Okay, did you walk away from the phone? Sometimes that happens. People walk away. Okay, well, I will go to the next. Let's see who is the next caller, caller. Giving I want to make sure where is the guest Skype the last time. Okay, 615630, you're on air. Can you hear me okay? I can, yes. Hello? Hi. Hello, how are you? Hi. And I apologize because I'm running out in the rain with my kids to get them somewhere. So I apologize. Oh, that's I, okay. I, I love it. Coffee. Oh, I love it. The more <laughs> stuff on the fly, that's good. What's your so first funny. name? I, Jamie. Hi, Jamie. Jamie? Hi. Jamie. Yeah. Okay. So I have a really annoying question, and I swear I, I, I think deeper than this usually. <laughs> but this is a pressing issue in our life at the okay. moment. And I just so wanted a little clarity on it. Okay. Um, we have we just moved to a new home, but we have another house on the market, and we okay. just assumed it was going to move quickly. And I was just curious if there's anything that you could read on the situation that I could do to help it along. Mm. Any energy clearing okay. or anything that I can do to help it. Okay. And by the way, there are no all questions are great. There's nothing, surf, you know, I've been there. I, I, like, I, like my, I like my mundane, earthy things. Okay, uh, Jamie, right? Jamie? Yes, yes. Okay, give me, please, just the month and date of your uh, birth. December 29th. 29th? Yes. Oh, that's what it is. I thought so. Okay. Uh, okay, what can you do? You're, you're, you're in a... Um, you're in the cosmological delay zone where things are either totally stuck or almost happening and then it falls through or it doesn't. Almost, almost, almost. Um, things are going to, they're going to, they're going to shift or pay. You're in a fate. You're, sometimes there's things you can do and sometimes not. I hate to say that, uh, but it's the truth. It's okay. I got. Okay. I got to get, keep it real with you. Let's see. So, what can you do to? Um, and you said one is going to sell. You need to sell one, right? Yes. We moved into a new home, and we have our animals, and we love our new house. It needs work, and, uh, and we are carrying two houses right now. So we're in a 
that we absolutely love. Yeah. And it's just a moment of we need to get this other one. We need this chapter closed. We've had this house forever, and it always seems to be a block to fill it. And I'm just curious if there's something around it that I just need to be aware of. No, no. But you said it. See, you, you're falling in, and I'm so glad you called in. You're you're falling into. Uh, this has been happening with a lot of Earth. It's been happening with all signs, but a lot with Earth and uh, water signs. You're going through huge, and you just said it. We've been in this house a long time. The transformations that are happening for many people this year into next year are huge, life changing. It's not just a move, it's like a lifestyle. There there are huge changes that there's a lot mentally, emotionally wrapped in there. I got to tell you, there could be divine timing that it's sooner, but the thing that I got was December, January. It's going to sell. Yeah, it's going to sell, but I feel like it's more um, after the close of the year into next year. And, and And what it is is you're just, you're reconnecting more to the new energy and what you're about more and more physically. Yeah. And as you're doing, hmm? Oh, no, I'm just, I, I'm just feeling all this because that's, that's absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. So once you're more in it, the other is going to just let go. And I okay. do feel there's like a, there's going to be like a little wink, wink with your husband, like a, you know, little wink, wink, because I feel the people that end up getting it are similar to where you were. With family, okay. starting a family, there's a there's a whole. So you're not just waiting on your timing; it's uh-huh. other people's timing that need that are actually going to be moving into that energy, and a, and the and the umbrella is with divine timing. So yes, it will okay. sell, but you are in the cosmological delay. There's nothing you're doing wrong. Just get more. Let just let it be, and just say okay. Even if things are tight or why is this happening, I know it's going to move and it's going to boom move quickly. Just start really creating because you've already shifted. You're in the change. So be more fully in the change. Follow the openings when they want to show it, when they want to do this. But focus more on where you are now and where you're going and the the binds, the, the, the leather cosmic binds to that house will begin to loosen because they're tight. But you said it. We've been yeah. there a long time. There's a lot wrapped up in it. Yes. Okay. I have to. I have to say, I'm so grateful to you for what you do. This is such a blessing, and it's so helpful to anyone who's listening to your show or has a quick question. It's just an absolute godsend that you do what you do, and thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you, Jamie. Love it. Love connecting <laughs> with you as well. Take care. Okay. Have a good day. Bye. You too. Bye. We've got time for. Uh, hello, you're on Awakenings. Welcome to the program. Hello. Hello, you're on air. Hello. Hello, you're here. You're on air. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Uh, I'm not sure if this is. Uh, I'm on the air. This is John. Yeah, you're on the air. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, I just had a question about um, my my pending lawsuit I have going on right now. Um, kind of where, where do you see that um, taking place and taking shape, I guess, is my question. <laughs> I never like, called in before, so I'm not sure how to ask this. 
Oh, that's a, well. Just be as specific. What do you want to know? When is it going to close, and what's the um, or complete? And yeah. What's so the I, outcome? I, correct. Yeah, it's been going on for a while now, and it hasn't really reached any solutions yet. And I actually just switched lawyers, um, so Good. I'm just trying to see if want to make sure if I'm on the right path or not, uh, and if I should stay with who I'm with and uh, okay, what the outcome might be. Okay. Let's look at that. Uh, I just what I thought. Aquarius to. Um, into March. So you're talking February, March. More uh-huh. traction. Let's see. How is the attorney? Let's see. How is the attorney that John hired? Is going to be better? Oh, yeah. Much better attorney. It shows be more open communication. I feel like they're more diligent. But it, whatever's going on, there seems to be negotiation or some kind of litigation or negotiation or talks more in February or two months at the earliest. So wherever we're at now, what is that? December, January. Yeah. So maybe he's just getting up to speed or whatever, but I do feel like it is going to move. It's better, uh, but you have better results after the new year as well. After the year. Okay. That sounds good. Yeah. Cause I've been kind of a standstill with the two and I wasn't sure. Um, if I, if I'm on the right path, like I said, it's it's, it's been very frustrating. (laughs) Yeah, you are now, and uh, you know, look for look for some signs. Could be January, but I really feel like really strong movement in February. Okay, that sounds great. I appreciate right. that. Take care. All right, thank you. Bye. 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 Let's see if I've got our guest on. Let's see. Hello, is this Bernie? I'm here. Thanks for having me on, Michelle. Yay! Good. Okay. Good. This shows up as one one one, and I got a lot of one 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 private numbers. Okay. So. Um, and you just I gave just, one of my favorite quotes from Brother Paul. Let it which be. Which one? What? Let it be. Let it be. Yeah. That's from Brother Paul. Right. Oh, from, is that what? <laughs> oh my God! Is this is the time of let it be, isn't it? Uh, just you know how you know the cycle is starting to end is when you start getting used to it and kind of like it. It's like when you finally, uh, Bernie. Okay, let me. I did share uh, at the top of the program that you'd be on and um, a bit about your book. But we have new people that are coming in to listen, so I just want to let them know who we're on air with now. Our awakening guest is Bernie Taylor an independent naturalist, thought leader, and author whose research explores the mythological connections as well as the biological knowledge among prehistoric, indigenous, and ancient peoples. Also the author of Before Orion, Finding the Face of the Hero. And Before Orion is premised on Joseph Campbell's hero's journey. Um, and what a synchronicity about the hero's journey right now. I've really been retapping back into that. It seems so... Uh, prolific right now as well as uh, really relevant. I'm just seeing signs of it everywhere, you know, like this huge archetypal passage for a lot of people as well as myself included. And um, do you have any thought of that in our times, that why it seems to be this archetypal passage seems to be more pronounced? Well, through myth, we experience. Through myth, we seek to express the inexpressible. Mm, okay. Um, we, we try to find the answers to the two great mysteries, and that's our own journey. 
And so we, these archetypal characters are within us. We can't escape from them. And, um, you know, probably an interesting way to start this would might be actually go back to a, a song by Billy Joel, um, The River okay. of Dreams. And it's kind, of, it's kind of a poem. And Billy Joel wakes okay. up in the, in the morning, and he's married to Christy Brinkley at the time. Do you hang out with Christy Brinkley? I did back Senior in the circle? day. I met her model. Yeah, but back in the day, yeah, she was – I was catalog model. She was supermodel, but I still I, we did some jobs to get yeah. So yeah, I know who she okay. is. Yeah. <laughs> so Just Billy Joel was married to Christy at the time, and he wakes up in the morning with this song in his head, and it really bothered him because the song was about spirituality, and he's he's a oh. secular piano man. Um, okay. And he put this is true. He, then he, this is a true story. Oh my god. Oh, it's okay. absolutely true story. And he stands in the shower, and it's still in his head, and so he says, "I've got to write this down." But I, I really feel, you know, embarrassed to sing this because, hey, you know, I'm not a spiritual man. And the story is, the, 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 the dream, which became the song, is t- he titled The River of Dreams. And in just a few lines, he, in the middle of the night, I go walking in my sleep from the mountains of oh. faith to a river so deep. I must be oh. looking for something, something sacred I lost. But the river is wide and it's too hard to cross. And even though I know the river is wide, I walk down every evening and I stand on the shore and try to cross to the opposite side so I can finally find out what I was looking for. And so so I listened to a YouTube interview with Billy Joel that was years after this. And Billy's like, you know, I really don't know what it means. (laughs) Well, if if you can connect back to... Um, Christy and have her connect back to Billy and say, hey, you know, it's actually an archetypal dream that people have had, they have around the world today, and we have it cataloged in mythology and stories from deep in time, mm. that it's, 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 it's these characters that we can't escape from. And that's that, that same journey that you're going on today, this hero's journey that's coming back in your life that you feel yourself as being part of. And this Billy Joel is taking his hero's journey and he's going down mm. to the water. And, of course, the other side of the water is death itself. It's, it's, it's one of the two great mysteries. And he, and he also talks about the mountains of faith, another archety- faith, another archetypal character. And, and we, you know, Jesus was transfigured in Mount Tabor. Um, the uh, mm-hmm. Buddhist, um, Buddha uh, transcended on, on Mount Meru. Moses received the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. If you can go around the world... And among all religions, not just Abrahamic religions, you can find some transcendence on that cosmic mountain. And so Billy Joel, it was, it was in his mind. He couldn't escape from it. Escape from it. He couldn't reason what it was. But it was there. So have, have, you know, have you had that dream? Variations of it. But let me ask you a question here now. Do we okay, a couple of questions? One's fascinating that he didn't know what it meant, and he had this, so he was on the journey, even though he didn't know he was on the journey. Is what I'm getting from you, right? Unco- he didn't his, bring his conscious awareness till years later, yeah. right? Well, he actually he never, years later he still never knew. So years later in an interview, he said, "I four or five years later, I still don't know what it meant." But he put it out there. That's interesting. But he put okay. it out there. So of course, every psychol every every psychologist in the world or Jungian. Is listen to this? Oh, I get it. And right. um, no one's going to tap right. Billy in the shoulder. No, it's it, it's the dream. It's the big dream. Right now, here's something, Bernie. Now let me 
are we aware, because I'm seeing it pronounced, obviously it's some, it's a sign of the times, it's the people I work with, but it's also the sign of the times collectively, but it's also what I'm going through. So do we, I guess the two-parter is, are we always in this journey going through it, or is it more pronounced, or are we more aware of it at certain times, or are we always in this? And if well, so, why are we always is- thinking about it? Sure. Well, life itself is a journey, and but there, we do. Some people do have a journey within their life itself, where they they go on a quest, um, a walkabout. Mm-hmm. Um, what Billy Joel is dreaming about is dream, dreaming about, and they reach a point of transcendence. And that point of transcendence, they come back and tell their story. And of course, that's the story of Jesus and 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 the Buddha mm. and um, Muhammad. So all these great religious figures. They went on that journey, and that's what Joseph Campbell talked about. And Joseph Campbell said, well, they're all telling the same story because they, they, they had this story from a more distant past. But in fact, that dream of the, the, actually their own journey existed. It wasn't a myth from their path. It wasn't something that someone told in the story and they retold it in their own name. They themselves were individually experienced mm. their own hero's journey, their own transcendence. And at the, and at the end of that journey... They learn something about themselves that to set society free. And society may not listen to the story, you know, love one another, you know, treat, treat right. the other as you would like to be treated. And we, you know, society may, you know, might buy into the whole thing, but they, they can pass on that message. And every time we have, a, we have a new person that goes on the hero's journey, you know, Martin Luther King, of course, and, um, and he, they come back and they tell us these, these fabulous stories. Eckhart Tolle, um, big fan of Tolle. He takes, it, he takes his journey, and he, he comes to the point of death. And he mm-hmm. has a, a luminous moment. He sees the light. He truly sees the light within himself. And he spends years sitting on a park bench and wandering around trying to make sense of this. And he emerges with the book, mm. The Power of Now. And so mm. at, it's at the end of his journey that he realizes where he had come from and where, where he is now. And then he returns to, he comes back to us to tell his, to share his story of the hero's journey. And so there will come a point in your life um, where you reach the pinnacle of your hero's journey. And you're going to come back to your show and you're going to say, oh my God, I've been there. Mm. I've been to the mountaintop. I've crossed the river. And I've come back to that, that metaphorical death, which Eckhart Tolle did. And of course, Billy Joel was struggling to do in this dream. He can't cross the river. He can't go to the other side. And he, he's afraid, the secular piano man is afraid of taking on mm. the spiritual because he wants to be, he doesn't want to be an atheist. He just doesn't want to believe in anything right. bigger than himself. Right. But he still, no, was he embarking upon it or did he actually go on it since he had the dream? When we have well, the dream, are we going, or is that the call? Is that the call, part so of the it's call? The, it's the call, exactly. It's Joseph oh, Campbell's okay. call. So he's called to that river, and he says, and he goes on that, oh. I'm, I'm not sure about life after this. God knows I've never been a spiritual man. Baptized by the fire, I wade into the river that runs to the promised land. And he, I, I, in the middle of the night, I go walking in my sleep through the desert of truth, to the river so deep, but he can't cross the river. He can't. He can't accept that there is a spiritual existence for ourselves that we carry, yeah. whether it's outside or we carry within ourselves. 
and so he can't cross the river. And sometimes we talk about, you know, <gasps> I see that. But so that, not everybody answers the call then. Not everybody answers. Now Billy, now Billy Joel didn't answer the call at this time. He may may have later in life. He may right. you know, at some point in the future. But at this point, he he's struggling to answer the call. He's got that block in front of him, and he, it's um you know he's searching for something. He says, and I've been searching for something taken out of my soul. Something I would never lose. Something stole wow. that somebody stole. So he's talking. It's, so this. So remember, Billy Joel doesn't. He 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 internally struggles, not just about the dream, but whether he's going to write this thing down and whether he's going to he's going to perform it. Someone's going to perform it because it just right. was too spiritual for him. But he couldn't shake it out of his head. It was almost like you know the Great Almighty is you know they super glued in his mind. And he it won't let it go. And there was a reason for that, because he, he's trying to, um, actually not he as a great almighty, but there's, it's right. within Billy Joel himself, this, these archetypal characters that he's trying to escape from. That he, he's trying to avoid, but he can't escape mm. because they're within ourselves. And, the, you know, all, all, your, all of your listeners are on so, some sort of a journey. And they may not be on this, this, this journey of Jesus and the Buddha and um, Muhammad and the, the many Native American shamanic people, but everybody's on their journey. And at some point, many of us will come to that that pivotal moment when we truly come to face ourselves, and we look at ourselves in the mirror and say, um, "I'm okay, and mm-hmm. I need to change my life in this way, and I will be better. I will be a better person." And that will be good for everybody. And some people may come back with a larger vision such as Jesus, okay? Um, but most of us will, many of us will come to that point and say, um, I am what I am, but I can be better. And I will go forward as, a, as a, a more fulfilled person in life. I recognize that drinking, heavy drinking is not a good idea. I recognize that smoking is going to kill me and everybody else around me. I recognize that um, not being humble is is hurting others in my life. Um, I, I recognize that addictions, whatever my addictions are, are uh, wrecking my relationships. And those, and when you face those things within yourself, you come to realize that I'm not perfect, but I can mm. turn around because I have recognized why I'm not perfect. And Billy Joel's not, his imperfection is that he doesn't realize there is this spiritual world within ourselves, these archetypal characters that are a myth that we can't escape for, that control our lives. The sets change, mm-hmm. the costumes change, but the story remains the same. Mm, the costumes change. I love that. Yeah. So so some people are more aware of it and it's more pronounced like a part of her, part of their path, Right. Well, we're all different people, and we all see the world differently, and we, we express it. So an artist might, a, a graphic artist might express it through his illustrations. Billy Joel expressed it through his, his music. Um, other people might, you know, the, you know, Mother Teresa expressed it through her good deeds. We all mm-hmm. express these things in a different way depending on who we are, but we might not recognize why we express them and what's the true meaning of them. But we all take, we all take this journey and Mother Teresa's was to the, the slums of, I believe it was Calcutta. 
And she was not a she was not a heavily religious or godly person per se. In that um, she she felt that was more um, she was more interested in the poor than salvation. Right. And, but it's a so she, but she was on that journey and on her journey she came to she of course faces her own um, you know the demons and she gets over them that there's poor people are poor people and that everybody can be taken care of. There's another, there's another interesting story out there. Jane Goodall, of course, is a, a great heroine. And Jane Goodall, is her husband has recently died of cancer, and they try, tried everything to, to save him. And it ends up a very tragic death, death. And she's walking through the Gombe Forest, and she's following a group of female chimpanzees. And it starts to rain. And it, as the rain pours, mm. pours, she goes, huddles with the chimpanzees under a tree. And then as the... The, the rain stops, the light comes through the, the trees, but it's not the light that she sees. It's not the light that comes to the trees, but rather the light within herself. And she, mm. and she sees the, the, the spider webs as being like diamonds and everything that the, the insects and the birds in the environment, they, she understood the language. They, they spoke to her and she came to recognize that um, we're all on a journey and that her, hun- her husband's passing was part of her journey. And, and another part of her journey was she mm. needed to leave the Gombe Forest. And that if by, by hiding in the forest with the chimpanzees, which she absolutely loved, which was her dream, was not helping the chimpanzees. Because to help the chimpanzees, you need to help wildlife around the world. And she, mm. she has a video, a documentary video about her spiritual okay. life. But she has that, in, she, takes, she sees that inner light within her. And it, it completely changes her vision of the world in the same way as the great spiritual leaders of, our, of, of ancient times. Mm-hmm. Now, Bernie, is part of this path, the, the archetypal passageway or passage, is, is part of it that, like Jane Goodall did, is there this going in or going away or withdrawing? or There seems to be. Is that a part of the theme? Well, one needs to go away. To, one needs to step out, of them, step out of themselves to face themselves. And that's mm-hmm. a common theme of Eckhart Tolle. You really have to look at yourself in the mirror. Uh, you, it's not what other people say, you know, just say about you. You have to ex- understand it by yourself. And her journey was she left the forest um, to spread the, her words of conservation around the world because it just wasn't about chimpanzees that she loved. It was about all animals and for, for mm-hmm. us to be... You know, good, we need to be good to animals because it makes us better humans. Um, and animals are an important part of our, our own ecosystem. You know, we're not above the animals. We're all part. We're, we're just one animal family. And so she, but she comes to that critical moment, and she, 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 the, she, the light is not without. The light, she recognizes that the light is within her. And her whole vision of the world changes, how she sees and she hears. And it came through the pain of, of going beyond her husband's tragic death of cancer. And so it was the pain that took her to that moment. It wasn't the, it wasn't the rain and it wasn't the light and it wasn't the, the, the chimpanzees, but it was, getting, it was getting through the pain and facing that of her now deceased husband. And so when the hero goes on his journey, he has to, it's not about facing, um, you know, um, getting a promotion, all that sort of stuff. It's about facing the darkest things about yourself. And when you face those darkest things, you, 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 you come free. I had such an experience a few years ago, and I, had a, um, I was very ill. And I was, I was up, this was probably four years ago, and I was bedridden for almost two months. 
And I had so, wow. sciatic pain on both sides. I also, it was a nerve injury. And um, I was in pain, I mean, drastic pain. And I was in bed working on my, my work. I was working my, my book because I needed to get my mind off. And, I had, and I'm doing like, you know, Shavasana type of movements um, in bed, just, just trying to be still. And my biggest fear came to me. My biggest fear was if I died, what would happen to my daughter? She was, she was in high school at the time. And, and what would her life be like? And I recognized that she'd be okay because I raised her when she was young and she, she was prepared. She, you know, she wasn't prepared for the world at, you know, at 15, 16, but she was in that mm-hmm. direction of being prepared for the world and having to make good choices. Well, in that same moment, I had that light and had that light within myself. And my eyes... Um, I don't want to say the stream-like light, but it was surreal experience. And I, I experienced what would people describe as levitation, although I actually didn't levitate. And the pain of it, the nerve pain went away in that moment. And it was absolutely phenomenal. And, uh, and there, I was working on this project with images, these cave art images, and things just started popping out at me that I didn't see before. And one of the things I recognized that moment is that your, the vision is not through your eyes. Because I didn't have my glasses. Actually, I had the wrong glasses right. on. I had my distance glasses on. So everything's blurry. So the vision, ah. the, your, the vision does not come from your optics. The vision comes from inside. And we try to correct our internal, in, internal vision with our optics. And optometrists aren't going to agree with them, but it is just the way it is. And I give them the same test, what I did. And they'd be like, oh, my God, you know, this guy's right. But I, I emerged from that moment, in that time, in that place. Of, I faced my own fears. And I, since then, I see the world differently. Um, and, and for three days, I didn't need any glasses, by the way. It's very similar to the story of St. Paul the Apostle. It's for three days, I didn't need any glasses. My, my vision was completely corrected, in, in a sense. Um, and so we, many, Eckhart Tolle had that same experience. When he came to face a death um, and... I was, I don't know if I was dying or not, but I, I was in such severe pain that perhaps something, the chemistry in my body kicked in and said, this guy has to do something differently. And what it was, was to release all those anxieties that I had and the fear of what would happen to my daughter. Cause I, you know, for many years I had taken care of her and she's great. She's graduating high school this year. She's going off to college and she's absolutely phenomenal kid. Um, and a young woman, but I took that hero's journey after I wrote my book, and now I tell the story of what I experienced, and in the same sense that it's now my my vision or what I experienced may set society free in a sense because I have a, a different way of seeing the world that I've expressed to close to three million people on long form podcasts, and how to see the world differently. So I took my journey, and now I've come back to tell the story. And I believe that everybody has the capacity to take that journey. But you have to walk through, you have to travel through the storm first. This isn't going to be served with, to anybody at the Hilton on a silver platter. This right. is, or, or you know, Club Med. <laughs> this, yeah. this is, the, this is the, the tough journey. This is the work that Young spoke about. Mm. That was a revelation, I love, wasn't I, it? Yeah, I love, yes. Very, we've got the chat is buzzing. Got to dig to get the gold. Fascinating. 
Yeah, if, uh, what uh, Carl Jungman says when you're making these changes, you need all your wits about you, and you do. I mean, everything comes into bear, you know, comes into play and is needed. It's, um, and I think that's why too. Anything, whether whatever the overdoing is, whether you call it addiction or the wanting to numb out, I find to do the passage, you have to you get even more heightened awareness. You know, I don't know if you could speak to that. It seems like things become more surreal, but at the same time, perhaps more heightened. And you may, you know, I think if you really answer the call, you don't want to. Um, you want to stay very close to spirit. I don't know how else to say it, and not numb out. You you actually go if when you start going into it, you go into maybe wanting to feel more? I'm not sure but what your thought is of that. Well, we, when we answer the call, which Billy Joel doesn't do in, this, in his song, as he, he tells us, we're then embarking right. on a journey. And on that journey, we face all the monsters. And those are the monsters ah, within ourselves. And so okay. the, dragon, the dragon is not the external monster. The dragon is the monster within. And there's a classic, remember the first, the, the first or second Star Wars movie, second Star Wars movie, Luke goes into the cave, um, the, Do- the Dogobah cave, and he's confronted with Darth Vader. And he, he, Yoda, before he goes down, Yoda, Yoda, he says to Yoda, what do I need to bring? And Yoda says, you only need to bring yourself. He goes down and he faces Darth Vader and he's battling back and forth with Darth Vader. And ultimately he, he takes the fatal blow and knocks off the, the head of Darth Vader. And when he sees Darth Vader's helmet on the ground, he sees his own face within it. And his lesson at that point in his journey after he'd answered the call was that if you fight anger with anger, you become anger itself. Mm. And so it's, that is one point in his journey. And, of course, Luke goes through many episodes of all the – the trials and tribulations on his journey. And in the ultimate episode, which came out just a few few months ago, he, he comes to truly face himself, and he, he is then transcended. But this story of Luke, of Luke Skywalker and Star Wars is not just um, of the mind of George Lucas. We tell this story, this, this fundamental myth, throughout time of great heroes or heroines who go, uh, who go on the journey. And on the journey, they, they doubt themselves. And they have helpers um, along the way. And the helper may be a wizard or, you know, you know Gandalf or mm. that sort of stuff. But it might be an- Native Americans. It was animal helpers, animal beings. And so right. we have helpers, we have helpers along the way. We have magical amulets. And, we, and they help us to move along this journey. And there's many steps in the journey. And Joseph Campbell, he outlined what he envisioned those steps were um, in, in a circle. Not all stories or myths carry the, all, the, all those points that he has, but fundamentally there comes a crisis moment. And my crisis moment was when I was in great pain, incredible pain. And, mm-hmm. and Eckhart Tolle is when he was, he was, I believe he was committing suicide. Contemplated, he actually was contemplating committing suicide. Mm-hmm. And when we, in that moment, in that time, we come to actually face who we truly are and we make the decision. Are we, going to be, are we going to slay the dragon, which is the demons within ourselves, or will that, will that dragon take over us and we continue in the same path? Mm-hmm. Mm. 
Oh, Tamara's putting in the chat, Michelle, magical helper. I call them, yeah, magical helpers, because you never know where they're coming from or how, but they do come through. You know, do we call that in for ourselves? So, so the magical helpers, is, or and, ma- and magical, um, not magical could be like, um, you know, Frodo in, in the Lord of the Rings. He has this yeah. sting, da- this the dagger sting, which tells him it, when the orlocks are coming, it, it lights up. He also has a, a magical, a cloak, a cloaking device, and he has all these mm-hmm. things, these gifts that are given to him that help him to fight the fight the, um, the the dragon, the demons. And of course, in in the Wizard of Oz, Dorothy realized she's searching for the the amulets, the, the magical potions and so on to get her back home. But ultimately she realizes that it's all in her head. And she just has to mm. remember to, to go back home. And so the, mm-hmm. the, the magic that we, the magical amulets and, and the, the rabbit's foot and all these sort of things that we find, they, they're, only, they're only, they're carried within us. They're not, they don't really, they don't do that. But they get, they reinforce our belief that there's something greater than ourselves and something that can help us along our way, and that's okay because they they give mm-hmm. us strength. But as long as it's not an addiction to alcohol, or drug, or things things like that that you believe is your magical potion, um, yeah. it's okay. Yeah. The, um, but the you know, heads the rabbits, up, everyone. That's not the spirit we're talking about. <laughs> that's not yeah. That's a, but but we do find but we could find magic through a movie we can find it through a book we can find it on a podcast we can find it through listening to another i remember when i was in i was in college i was i was um i had an internship in the government and i learned that government is a dirty business and i was i was waiting for the bus and this ragged man comes up to me and he just says to me you know it'll all take time just go easy and I was I appeared, appeared a little stressed to him. I had a suit on and all this, you know, I had a dark suit, you know, two piece suit and a you know, I looked mm-hmm. like I was um running for office. And the guy, you know, he was kinda like a Gandalf or a wizard that came to me and said, It's you know, take your time. It'll all work out. And life does all work mm-hmm. work, work work out. And so did he was he was a spiritual force to send this this man, this ragged man to me, this homeless man? The answer is no. Um but this person had been through places that I hadn't been and understood things I couldn't understand and had the vision to just come up to me and say, it's okay. And he wasn't asking for money and he wasn't asking for alcohol. He just wanted to, he saw me, he saw a person in, in need, but not in need. And he spread mm-hmm. his, his message. And I thought that was really cool. And I'll never forget it. Now, it it all you- comes in good time. It comes in, yeah. Now, do you find you have to be open to the magical helpers, or they're sent there? I mean, I suppose it's similar to the dream. You could be open to it and seeing it, but do you? I guess it's—is it the openness that draws it in? Well, this this gentleman was this homeless man was a magical helper because he imparted okay. a wisdom from from his life onto me. And was it was it magic? No, but he, you know, he, he could he could have stepped out of a movie, and this could have been some sort of a scene where he could have been a magical helper. And so right. the magic is 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 what we carry within ourselves, and we have to believe to believe in something greater than ourselves is the magic. It's 
the magic. And that's what Billy Joel struggled with. He struggled with the idea that that there is a river of dreams, and across that river on the other side is death itself. And you can return from death. And he struggled with the idea of the, the mountains of faith, which are riddled throughout history around the world. Mm. And he, he struggled with these ideas. So he wasn't, Billy Joel wasn't willing or ready to accept the spirituality, the magic, and the helper, helpers, the amulets, which came to him in a dream. Therefore, it was always within him, but he just wasn't ready to let it go, to let it free, I should say, let it be free. Mm-hmm. I just find that, so, what a great um, example, because it it shows you can get it, you can get the message. Obviously, a lot of times people put the call out, you know, they're praying or lamenting or whatever you want to call it in their head, and then there it comes, and it may or may not be recognized. That's what I find so fascinating that, it, from what I'm hearing from you, uh, Bernie, is that there's something within us, something collectively, universally, that it, it, you, will, you ask for it, you want it, it comes. You may or may not recognize it or use it, but it's there. It's, it's there. Sounds like what you're saying is it's there for everyone. It's there for everybody. And so the, someone is, is you know, dead drunk and they wake up in the morning and they don't know where the heck they are and um, mm-hmm. the drugs are all over them. You know, it's a wake. It's a wake up call. You know, it's it's not the dream that Billy Joel had. You know, in his in poetry, but it's a wake up call to say, hey, something's wrong with my life. And or or if you're you know a helicopter parent who doesn't let the kid go, you know, go to college because wants the kid to go to local school just because they can't let him go. They won't let the kid free. You know, the and the kid just says, hey, you know, I'm leaving. I'm leaving the state. I never see you again. It's a wake-up call that we have to change. We have to look in the mirror. We have to, you know, look at our own face. And the the dragon is within us, within ours. And we choose whether or not we're going to slay the dragon, or the dragon will continue to overwhelm us. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about it with that dragon. It's fire. You know, a lot of times I think of mine, fire breathing. So it's transformative. Once we connect with it, you know, we're, we're purged, we're set on fire, something burns, you know, something's left, or it can burn us out, I guess, if you don't, you know, enslave or integrate, it, it, that fire will just burn you, you know, there you go, you didn't listen to the wake-up calls, you know. Exactly, in the, cl- in the classic myths, the, the, the individual goes to slay the dragon, but in the end, he, he takes over the dragon and flies away with it. And so the one can that's by that's harnessing that dragon within ourselves. Um, and so we we don't have, okay. slaying the dragon is not to actually kill the dragon, but it's it's to overcome that the evil within ourselves, um, and so that we control the evil and the evil doesn't control us. And there's a there's a great in Frodo, Lord of the Rings. Tolkien was a brilliant author, and Frodo he he he's led by Golem, who himself was once the Hobbit. And he's, he's, Golem has the ring. Um, actually, he wants the ring because he had the ring in the past. And so he's, he's, he's trying to kill Frodo for the ring throughout the whole story, right. ultimately to the end. And Frodo says, if, if, I kill, if I kill Golem, I will become Golem. Because Golem is, is, is um, 
he's taken over by the power of the ring, all the evil that it is. And so ultimately, in the end of, this, of, the, of the trilogy, Frodo has to th- go to climb the mountain and throw that ring into the fires of Mordor to have it to burn in hell, per se, so that it's now gone. And of course, Gollum doesn't let, let it go. And at the end, Gollum falls down into the great fires with the ring. So Gollum becomes, you know, one with the, the dragon. He can't overcome it, whereas Frodo, and he overcomes that, that monster within that dragon. To, that he control, he can give it away, um, and so he becomes the, the he, that hero at the end of the story. Who, interestingly enough, climbs a cosmic mountain, and this the, these these mountains of faith that we find throughout the world, and of course Billy Joel, you know, sings about. Right. Now, what is that ring symbolizing, and the, why the fight over the ring? I never quite understood what that ring was about. So the, the ring is is power, um, and it's mm. the, it, it, it was a magical amulet and about power. And if you succumb if you succumb to the ring, succumb to the ring, you have all this phenomenal power. But it's only power to do evil things. If you can uh-huh. get rid of the ring, or in Frodo's case, he needs to um, have the ring resmelted down in the fires that it was made in the volcano, so that it can never be used again. And so it's giving away the power. And so we live in a we live in a democratic society. And what we want in a government is we have uh, multiple parties, at least two parties. And so there's balance of power. If one person holds the ring in government, they hold all the power and they That's control right. the rest of the government and they can they, they there's no oversight of them. And so we can actually take we can take the same example of the ring um, and take into our modern times. But what happens is that um, in, in our de- democratic society, we redistribute the power of the ring. Um, and so there isn't just one powerful force, but society itself steps up and says, we want to change. We don't want one person to carry this ring and be unaccountable for. And that's the same story of in the Lord of the Rings is that Frodo, he has the power of the ring and other people want it as well. And they'll kill for it. And, Fro- and Golan wants to kill for it. But Frodo becomes the hero by letting that ring free to, into the fires, and he sets himself and society free. And so, but we, we find these fundamental characters throughout time, and in, in and the amulet becomes a, the ring of sorts. But we, we find them throughout time and throughout myth around the world. They're, they're within us that we can't escape, and they're somehow carried into in our collective unconscious, whatever that might be, somewhere between between the two great mysteries, um, our life is a barely a breath between those mysteries. But in in our breath, we carry on those archetypal characters within us, and they they come out in our dreams, whether or not we want to recognize them or not, as in the case of Billy Joel. Yeah, which I find that is that is so fascinating to me to have something like that and not connect. Um, it just shows the power of what we have within us, but what are we open to, you know, and are we curious enough? And maybe that's part of it is the curiosity, you know, of it all. And, and Billy was, he was curious. He said in, in his song, I don't know why I go walking at night, but now I'm tired mm. and I don't want to walk anymore. I hope mm-hmm. it doesn't take the rest of my life until I find what it is that I've been looking for. 
Yeah. So he has and you know what it also he had you know what that also reminds me of Bernie is that he was being the messenger there, whether not for him or whether he identified later or ever, but it still went out to the masses. It still went out and resonated with people and still uplifted people. So he was still being the piano man. <laughs> he was exactly. still being the and uplift, this, right? <laughs> oh, this was a top. It was a top song. I remember when I was. Well, I'm I remember it. Now I just didn't realize. Yeah. I was yeah. about thirty. Yeah, I was about thirty. Yeah. And uh, and so this song is is out to. I would assume hundreds of millions of people, not just through the albums, yeah. of course, of the internet and so on, and radio, hundreds of millions of people around the world. And we carry that song in our collective unconscious. He contributed to the collective unconscious. His, his own dream goes yeah. back into it. And this, his song will emer- has emerged many times, and it will continue to emerge with new sets and new costumes. But it will be the same story. Yeah. It will be the same story that people told tens of thousands of years ago that we find on these cave images where we have the, the man who swims across the water and, and that he climbs a mountain. We have these images from Paleolithic times mm. in our cave They're telling the same story as Billy Joel sung that's in his dreams that he just want, you know, he doesn't, he, he doesn't want to accept it. Um, and I hope Billy, you know, you know, if you can somehow send him this podcast, an episode through your channel, mm-hmm. You might get him on the show, and he'll say, oh, my God, I can't believe I didn't see it. Because it, yeah. it, it was the dragon in front of him that he couldn't see. Um, or actually, he sees the dragon in front of him, but he, couldn't, he didn't want to face what that dragon is. That dragon is that we is – that, is, whether you call it spirituality, whether you call it Jungian psychology or archetype. Yeah. It's, it, it, is, it is there. And he does, if he harnesses that – if he – if he accepts what it is and he harnesses that dragon, then he has the ultimate um, power to give away. Um, and so, Bill, yeah, it, yeah it's, 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 it's an absolutely it's amazing. I wish, uh, it, yeah. so if you, if anybody out there in, um, you're in LA somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah, but we're, that show's all over the world, so who knows? Well, put, put York, it out there. You know, put it out pattern. there. There's probably yeah. somebody that knows Brother Billy and, or, um, Christy Brinkley, knock on the door and say, hey, you know, I know what the song is about. I want to tell you. That's right. <laughs> well, maybe not. I'm knocking on the door. Send a letter. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be yeah. But you never know. Could be at a cocktail party, make a good conversation, you know. Exactly. Oh, somebody knows this somebody. has been an amazing conversation, uh, Bernie. We're out of time. We're winding out of time for this time but this has been really special very uh very enlightening really have enjoyed this um dialogue that we, we need had to do it again great great conversation. yes absolutely let sadie know let's do it again i love this and it it's just and i just find right now that that i mean obviously all the time this information is is important but i think when we go through intense collective passages it kind of people look like what can i hold on to where's the guardrail or what does this mean what are the steps you know to give meaning again to to ground the energy and i i think that um it's just so pertinent right now not just in my own life but i'm i'm seeing it and even when i watch um tv political pundits or commentators they're all using the metaphor they're tapping into more analogies 
um, I heard the other day they were talking all awakening. I mean, of course, we're in the root awakening portion. But people are talking about people are awakening to this or they're making their awakening this bay. They're awakening that. And I'm like, yeah, some of the awakening is awakening to some higher consciousness and some is awakening to the wounding. But, you know, it's all awakening. So I think um, and your book, of course, goes into this um, as well. But I, I think there's a there's a push for people really wanting to get rooted again, you know, uh, absolutely. And, and, and so I, they have, I have to find a lot the of, way. Hmm? Absolutely. And there's, there's two-minute videos on my webpage at beforeorion.com, oh, and people can okay. del- delve into them. They're real short, and they go through these concepts, and they travel through our past to see this, this same story carried out through time. And people, it, They're two-minute videos, real short, lots of images, and just fun to watch, beforeorion.com. Okay, great. All right, well, till next time. Thank you so much, Bernie. Keep shining. Thanks, Michelle. Do it again. Okay, sounds great. Talk to you later. All right, everyone. Woo! What a great conversation. Um, that awakening dialogue was with Bernie Taylor, author of Before Orion, Finding the Face of the Hero. And you can go, of course, beforeorion.com. Uh, take a look at those videos and the other information that he has on the on his website. Um, as always, love connecting with all of you amazing light beings, radiant lights. Um, let me know how you listen to Awakenings, where you listen to Awakenings. Let me know how you're doing. And for all things about Awakenings, guest suggestions, topic suggestions, you can email me at awakeningspodcast at gmail.com. Oh, almost forgot because I don't need to, I always get caught up in got a teleworkshop coming up, the transforming, uh, transformational energy of the chakras. Uh, intention and visioning. So we're going to be looking at the power of intention in visioning as well as chakra clearing and alignment. We're going to be doing some third eye visioning, working with that flower of life, that indigo flower of life through the third third eye, the sixth chakra. All right, everyone, continue to shine your light, share your insight, and of course, keep awake. Awakenings broadcasts every Wednesday, 12 p.m. Pacific Time. Archive shows are available on iTunes. For continued awakening conversation and insights, join the Awakenings group on Facebook and visit Michelle's blog at soulinsightsforspiritledliving.com. That's soulinsights, the number four, spiritledliving.com. Keep awake.